Fish Stripes Unfiltered episode 29, new intro, surprise intro actually, so we're here with my good friend Isaac Azud, my co-host, and we have Eli Sussman along with us. Isaac, how are you? I'm excited, you know, pretty cool idea we're doing here today, kind of to honor the playoffs, and we'll talk about that now, but how are you? And I'm excited. I'm in a much better mood than I was 30 seconds ago. Fantastic yeah. job, real Eli Sussman with that new intro, you know, I look like a bit of an idiot in most of those cuts, it was great, it got me pumped up. <laughs> do this pod and yeah tuesday october 18th we'll be doing something special today eli what's up we're, we're bringing you back on we we need a third man for this draft and uh how will i not get one of the most intelligent people we know yeah hopefully not too intelligent i don't want to beat you too bad in this draft so that's why i'm going to be picking last but glad to join both of you guys at this exciting time for major league baseball if not for the marlins at least with the playoffs in the midst of it and always coming up with new ideas to fill the space in between. Yeah. So Isaac mentioned today's Tuesday. So at this moment, the Yankees are still playing the guardians. I believe the Yankees are up. So um, yeah, we'll, uh, once this pod uh, drops, you guys will be seeing either Yankees versus Astros or guardians versus Astros and the ALCS. And that team will go on to the world series and play the Phillies or the Padres two teams. You probably did not expect to see in the NLCS, but here we go. And, when the team gets hot, it, that's the case. And if we could pull up the bracket so everyone could see how the playoffs have gone. The Phillies are in the NLCS. They beat the um, the Braves in the NLDS. And they beat the Cardinals in the wild card round. Isaac, I guess that, that would be the biggest surprise so far. Just the run the Phillies have gone on with Aaron Nola, Zach Wheeler, that bullpen play, pitching some of the best they have in a while. It's been pretty impressive overall. And I guess this is just a case of a team getting hot at the right time. Yeah, I think you got to be really impressed with just the National League in general. Yeah, the Phillies beat arguably two teams that are better than the Phillies, you know, the Cardinals and the Braves. And then just look at the other bracket in the Padres just beating, you know, the really talented New York Mets and beating the Los Angeles Dodgers to advance. And you have these two underdogs facing off the championship series for the National League. It's going to be really awesome. Sorry that the dog. But, yeah, no, this this playoff bracket has gone totally opposite of what I thought was going to happen. I was certain it was going to be a Braves-Dodgers NLCS, but we'll see what happens in the for the rest of the way. Yeah, and, and Isaac, you mentioned the whole National League. There's the Padres that, you know, they beat the Mets, and that, that was probably one of the biggest series just in terms of what it meant for the Mets losing the wild card after spending so much money, Eli. You know, they go for Marte, they go for Marcana, Max Scherzer, and you, make, you bring up Francisco Alvarez, which, yeah, maybe it wasn't, it was a nice move, and it definitely helped out in terms of needing a catcher. And they brought back these big pieces. You have Jacob DeGrom going with Max Scherzer out there. And the Mets just did not get hot at the right time. In fact, they lost their division in that final week of the season to the Atlanta Braves, which clinched the division and that bye in the playoffs against Miami in Lone Depot. And San Diego was hot at the right time, and Joe Musgrove pitched one hell of a game to the point where he was checked where they checked his ears for substances. So, Eli, what were your thoughts on that Mets-Padres series? Yeah, the Padres making it to this point is easily the biggest surprise to me because uh, I guess some of the upset of the Mets, but even more so upsetting the Dodgers as well and not yeah. even needing all five games to do it, that was a big surprise to me. I didn't feel they were like especially well-suited to make a run in this department, and, and they did at a time where obviously they've been missing Tatis this entire year and that Juan Soto for – most of the time since getting traded over, he'd been a disappointment. So I wasn't sure where the offense was going to come from. One of the breakout stars you saw him in both series against the Mets and against the Dodgers was um, Robert Suarez, who yeah. is in his first year coming back from Japan, I think. 
And he has, I didn't see very much of him during the regular season. Uh, he did miss some time due to injury. What we've seen in the postseason is like, he is one of the nastiest guys available. And I'm from a Marlins angle. I'm really intrigued to see if they go after him in free agency, because he's going to have an opportunity to test the market if he wants. Um, He's been awesome. Obviously, Josh Hader is the headliner in their bullpen, but Suarez is a pretty close second. To this point, six scoreless innings in the postseason, pitching almost every game that the Padres have played to this point. So they've turned out to be a really well-rounded team. Uh, they're hitting just enough and in the right situations. So I'm happy for them. That The theme of this is, especially on the National League side, uh, it's hard to be disappointed about either team making it through the Phillies or the Padres. It's been a while for both of them since they've even made it to the World Series, uh, and the Padres have never won a World Series. I think it's just good for baseball to have the diversity of teams between them and obviously between the Astros, and we suspect the Yankees being on the other end of the spectrum and being used to success. There's uh, there's going to be a lot of intrigue over these final couple weeks of the postseason. Yeah, and we talk about diversity. We just look over at the, and, and at the AL side. You have two new teams that made the playoffs, the Blue Jays and the Mariners, who have not made the playoffs since 2001. So they go out there, they beat the Blue Jays in the wild card, and then they get swept by the Astros. But we just have to talk about that final game, 18 innings. The Yankees almost finished their game, and the Astros were still playing. And I was listening to shout out to Just Baseball podcast. They were talking about this being one of the hardest sweeps that the Astros will ever have to go through. Do you agree with that, Isaac? Because, man, you know, Jordan walks it off game one. Game two was pretty close. And then game three, you go into 18 innings. So this was definitely one of the hardest sweeps that we've maybe seen the Astros go through, you know, yeah. with their time in the postseason. Yeah, it was definitely the most competitive three-game sweep I've ever witnessed in my adult life. Granted, it hasn't been that long, but boy, you know, the, that first game they had the Astros, you know, by the horns, they had him beat. And unfortunately, you know, one of the best young sluggers in all of baseball just got him. They beat him with a three run home run. Second game, still very competitive, but not as competitive as the outside three, as outside two, I'm sorry. And then, you know, like you mentioned, the third game, 18 innings in um, T Mobile Park, it is now. I'm just so happy that that, you know, that crowd got to witness a playoff game. Like you said, it's two, since 2001. I haven't seen any playoff action. I would really hope they scored a run at least, but unfortunately not. Uh, Luis Garcia was really nasty for the Astros, closing it out for them. And yeah, yeah it was just a very fun atmosphere at Team Old Park. I was able to watch all 18 innings. I think it was almost six hours that game, which, you know, there was not a boring, time, boring minute at all. Yeah. And then finally, Gardens and Yankees. Well, they beat the, uh, the Gardens beat the Rays in the wild card pretty convincingly, to be honest with you, after nice performances from both. McClanahan and then game two I'm sorry went to I believe 15 or 14 innings so I was I guess the most more competitive side there and Glass now pitched just a gem for them and then Bieber and McKenzie both pitched very nicely as well but now you go into Cleveland which is a team that Miami could look up to a little bit more with just how little money they're spending and how much homegrown talent they have which is something you look at I believe it's 26 players that are homegrown talent in the 40-man roster so Eli, just your thoughts on the Guardians' run so far. And do you think they'll get it done? I don't know what the score is at the moment. I think it's 3-0 with that stand homer that he hit, but I'm not sure. Yeah, you're a couple hours behind. There. Yeah. By the time we finish this recording of the podcast, the game will be over and the Yankees will be officially moving on. I love the point that he brought up about the Guardians kind of being a template for the Marlins. Usually people default to the Rays, but the Rays are kind of one on one of one. They do things really weird and as successful as they are, it's very difficult to replicate without having all the data that they have in the way that they use it. I think the Guardians as a team 
with a really deep starting rotation and one that has just we've seen what they've done that the Marlins have not done is just churn out these homegrown everyday players and guys that are prioritizing getting on base and making contact over hitting for power with the Marlins, you know, they're kind of caught in between where they feel no, really nobody pans out. Even those that we feel have a good a high floor and are able to get on base ones that we suspect will have loud tools and make impact. It, either way, the Marlins have been falling short and the guardians. That's the piece that they've been able to handle. And they've been able to put together these consistent playoff teams, even while spending about the same amount of money that the Marlins spend. So this is a team that very quietly, I think, has made the postseason now six times in the last 10 years. And even the years where they don't make it, they're very close to making it. So that just shows you know, what is possible without necessarily making big decisions in free agency, without we're entering a stage where we don't know how much more the Marlins are going to be in free agency after their other recent bad experiences out there. <laughs> even if this run does end in the next few minutes, they are, they've been a fun team to root for. And I think their fans have a lot of pride and energy about them in a way that the Marlins hope to get themselves. So that is a team that I definitely see where, you know, that's the team the Marlins should be looking for. As they're looking to fill out some front office positions, maybe that is a team they try to poach some executive yep. talent from to come over to Miami and bring their best practices there because they are, um, they're very impressive what they've done now for the better part of a decade. Yeah, and with that being said, I think it's time to start drafting. So, Eli, I'll kind of let you explain how this will work. It's basically pretty simple. I mean, just a simple way to say it is 2022 X Marlins draft Marlins that X Marlins that played in 2022, with the exception of Nick Anderson, but I don't think we'll get to that point. So, uh, I, I think the order that we agreed on was I go first, Isaac second, Eli third. Yeah, well, why don't I give a little bit more yeah, specific introduction? So we're going there, yeah. to pick players that are no longer on the Marlins, but did play for the Marlins at some point in the major leagues in the regular season. All right. So there are, I guess we could just shout out some guys that were Marlins prospects once upon a time, like Josh Naylor, like Luis Castillo in Seattle, uh, among many others that they didn't play in the majors for the Marlins. So they're not going to be eligible. So some of those players that Marlins fans are scarred by, we're going to leave them out. Just the ones that actually did play in the majors in recent years. Uh, The official list is dozens and dozens of these guys that were Marlins major leaguers and are still active baseball players. So we're going to pick guys. Who would we want right now out of X Marlins players that are still hopping around? And we're not going to care too much about position. We'll go nine rounds deep just to make it like in the baseball theme. And we'll, yeah, we'll go nine rounds deep. So 27 total picks. There is going to be enough eligible players to spread around. And I guess we just decided that, Kevin, you could pick first. Isaac will go second. I'll go third. And then I'll go fourth. And we'll snake it back around to you guys that way. And what I'll do is across the bottom of the screen for our YouTube viewers and, you know, for us as well to keep track of, I'll have the picks. I'll update this at the bottom with who we pick so that we're able to compare the teams at the end as well and and, uh, try not to pick the same people multiple times that so that that should just about do it i suppose and um we need to put different amounts of research into this but not to, we want to make it a little fun so a little bit off the top of our head as well and this will just give us a, a good feel for uh bring back some memories of guys that some that the what the fun of this is that some of the players now are not the same players they were when they were marlins like some of them have gotten a lot better some of them have declined precipitously and there are just a select few that are kind of the same guy from when they were actually on the team 
And I, I find that is going to be probably the best part of it is just to be reminded about how their careers have changed since leaving the team. Yep. So I think with that, I'll go first. And I think this is kind of an easy pick on my end. You may think I'm going to go Stanton, but I'm going to go JT Rail Muto with my first pick. He is just a crazy good catcher. He's the best catcher in baseball right now. And, and it isn't really close. So I'm going to go JT Rail Muto with pick number one. And Isaac, you're on the clock. All right. We'll go. I guess we're going from youngest to oldest. No offense, yeah. Eli. Um, you got to go with the only MVP in Marlins history. And John Carlo Cruz, Michael Stanton will be my selection. He homered today. It's his second home run of the division series. He's still going strong. Injuries have continued to plague him a little bit, but he's still one of the top premier sluggers in baseball and plays a serviceable outfield while mainly DHing for the Yankees. But you got to go with John Carlo. All right, Eli. You're up. So my first pick, number three overall, with uh, JT and Stanson off the board. I'm going to go with Zach Gallen. Oh, that was worse this year. Yeah. yeah, he did play very briefly for the Marlins in the majors in 2019. They traded him like a month later, and he just continues getting better and better. Obviously, this year an amazing scoreless streak. He's an ace. He's not a Sandy level yeah. ace, but he is one of the better pitchers in all of baseball. And for my next pick, number four overall. I'll pick, I'll pick a uh, Starling Marte. Wow, he's still, he's still Dude, near the top of his game. He was awesome. The Mets missed having him not at a hundred percent during the postseason, and as we know, during his time with the Marlins, barely a full calendar year in Miami, he made a really big impression. We know he's just an extremely well-rounded player. It was we miss him. You know that was a good opportunity to keep him around, and I think he's going to be very annoying to play against these next few years. Yeah. Uh, anything you can argue, he's probably the, one of the better all-around players to ever put on a Marlon uniform. Um, wow, I'm surprised he, you know, he's fallen to this. But I guess, you know, Eli makes good points, picking Gallon and Marseille. we got to go with another MVP that didn't win it with Miami, Christian Yelich, yeah. Milwaukee Brewers outfielder. I think the Marlon, people listening know, know enough about him, trade, whatever. We can move on. Christian Yelich is my pick. All right. Well, all right, that was going to be my next pick, but I think it's time to go with Eli's boy. I'm going to go take Harold Ramirez with my wow. next pick. Wow. The guy's been killing it. He's been killing with Tampa. I mean, he's found his home. He's been hitting cleanup, and he's been doing pretty good. So I'm going to take Harold Ramirez with my next pick, and Isaac, you're back up. Oh, you don't it, go twice? It, it's still Kevin. Yeah, you get oh, to me again. Yeah, heading into the third round with now the seventh pick. You already have JT and Harold. I'm going to go and take, hmm, I'll go Miguel Cabrera with my next pick. Former Marlin. Does that count? That counts, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That counts, yeah. Maybe Cabrera. Why did I not have his name written down? <laughs> I, didn't I, I had him written. I was going to get him at the very end. So I thought he would last a while. Yeah. The legend. Yeah. The Hall I of Fame. I think a legend, yeah. Famer. All right, now Isaac's up. I got to make sure I'm not thinking of any, I'm not forgetting any legends. Uh, sugar i feel like i'm i'm not making the right pick here but you know one of the better players in baseball got a hefty contract gotta go with enrique hernandez okay hernandez boston red Sox, and he's he's a very solid player he can play all over the diamond he played briefly with miami in 2014 was part of the jared cozart deal if i'm not mistaken so a little fun name that we miss as well he lies up yeah, I thought Harold would still be on the board for me. Yeah, sorry. I know Harold Ramirez is disappointing. In the same vein as Zach Gallen, I'm going to go with Andrew Heaney. 
here. Ah, I didn't have him either. What the fuck's Former Marlins first round pick. Only had a little bit of major league experience before they traded him uh, back. That was almost that was eight years ago at this yeah. point. And he's had a big bounce back year this year with the Dodgers. Still kind of he could have a lot ahead of him. It's been a bit of a roller coaster. He's had some injuries. But this year when he was on the mounds, he was pretty dominant for um, that Dodgers team. And hmm, I will actually double up on Dodgers. I will go with Alex Vesia as the top oh. reliever on the board. We thought a lot of him when he's coming up through the Marlins farm system, he kind of pooped the bed in his major league debut in 2020. Uh, but I mean, since he's been with the Dodgers, especially the last like year and a half, he's been an, a great reliever. He's a pretty legit setup man for them. And he pitched uh, some of the most important games for them each of the last two postseasons. It's, it's been good to see him have success because he was, he was not a, he was a very late round draft pick relief only type of guy. And he has probably exceeded any expectations that people had for him. Chris Hatcher isn't playing anywhere, right? The, the catcher. I'd be very surprised if he's still around. Andrew Heaney reminded me of him. I think they were part of the same trade to the Dodgers. That's Andrew why. Heaney's the one that gave up 700 to Pujols, right? Was it him? I'm not sure. Or he gave up 699, it was. Yeah. I know they were playing the Dodgers, so maybe. My, yeah. oof. I'm going to stay on relievers. You know, one of the better relief seasons and reason memory off the top of my head, Anthony Bass. Okay. We miss him. Good guy. Phenomenal year for for a good team. He deserved a little bit better. He really struggled in that you know elimination game for Toronto. Gave up some gave up some big hits in the later innings, but still had one of the better regular seasons for any reliever in Major League Baseball in 2022. And Miami and Kimming turned him and Zach Pop into Jordan Groshans. Yep. And I'm going to go with another reliever who's had an amazing season with the Astros, Ryan Stanek. He's been good. He's been really good, like a 1.6-something ERA. It's, it's been good, and then I'll double down and... Pitched well in that 18-inning game. Yeah. And I am going to double down and take... Oof. I think I'm going to go Adam Simber. He's been a solid piece that got dealt from the Marlins, and he, he's pretty solid, and he's been good with Toronto and with Miami. And what did he get us back? He got us back uh, Joe Pan. I was about to ask the same thing. Was it panic? Yeah, it was panic. Right? It was panic and um, Andrew McInvale. So yeah. unfortunately, I don't think Panic is eligible for this because he did retire. retired. Yeah. yeah, almost as soon as it's like he finished <laughs> playing for the Marlins when he was just terrible during that down the stretch. But he I think he's happy. He, he accomplished quite a bit time, yeah. Yeah, earlier in his career. So yeah, those are my three picks. right in the middle of this. This is the middle of round five, and we're doing nine rounds. I haven't even had to use the timer yet. I had this 30-second timer if people were delaying too long, but this is moving nice and crisply. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to have to go with a... At one point, it was the largest free agent signing for this regime until you know they signed Avi and Soler. We'll go with Corey Dickerson. He's still Uh, happy. He was there, yeah. Decent season for the Cardinals. Played a pivotal, pivotal role for them down the stretch. Played in the wild card series. And yeah, Dickerson had some nice moments with Miami. Was not the same hitter he was with Pittsburgh and Colorado once he reached Miami, but they rarely are. Eli. He was on my board as well. I'll go with, I've been critical about this guy, especially this year, but very recently former Marlin Jesus Aguilar. I think yeah. there's still there's still some bounce back potential. This has been a bad year, but as recently as 2021, he was awesome for this team. Just a great run producer, great feel for hitting. We like him in the clubhouse. He's 
uh, I'm excited to see where he goes next to hopefully revitalize his career after finishing the season with the Orioles. And then as we go, yeah, this is starting the sixth round now. I will pick, hmm. Oh, Donovan Solano. Is still oh, Donovan Solano. It was on who my had place. some very out of nowhere awesome years with the Giants. Um, and most recently with the Cincinnati Reds. So he's yeah. still around. He's going to be a free agent. He's one, an example of somebody that is a lot better since leaving the Marlins than he was with the Marlins. And that's been interesting. I did not expect him to become like a very good role player who absolutely mashes, especially left-handed pitching. Yeah, I'm with you. I did not see that coming at all. I actually really disliked him when he was a Marlin in 2012 and 13. I'll go with another reliever. Um, yeah. Yeah, let's go with Zach Pop. I think I think very highly of him. I think he's going to be one of the better relievers in the Blue Jays. Already heavily filled former Marlin bullpen, but I think he'll be pretty good for a long time. He's got crazy stuff, and he just you know he'll have a pivotal role, like I said. Kevin, oh boy, this is not easy. Yeah, we're um, reaching the bottom of the barrel. Here. We're reaching the bottom of the barrel. I'm going to go with the man that got Starlin Marte on the Marlins, and I'm going to go Caleb Smith who had a very nice 2019 season, pitched one game, got COVID, and uh, got dealt for Starlin Marte. So we'll thank him for that, I guess, for, for getting us Marte. But I'll go with someone who then was a pitcher and reliever for the Marlins. He was pretty solid, and I'm going to go David Phelps. Okay. Oh, boy, you're going to go with some crazy name. Nice no. name next, but they traded him, I believe it was for Pablo. So thank you for getting us Pablo, and – yeah, we'll go with him next. Those are my two picks. I just don't like that I'm going with so many relievers. I'm trying to think if I missed anyone. Logan Morrison's not I've been playing. thinking like position players, but there's not many. I'm going to go with Steve Ciszek. Nice pick. He's had a really surprisingly long career, you know, since debuting in 11. Mm-hmm. And just, you know, being in a big league bullpen every single year and pitching pretty well. So I will go with Steve Ciszek. I'm starting to think this would have been a lot harder if we had done position by position. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't say that Steve Ciszek is still eligible, even though we're not entirely sure if he's pitching beyond this year. Why not? I mean, he's still, like, doing a solid job out there. Yep. Phelps and Steve Ciszek there. And for me, I will buy low on a guy coming off an injury, Adam Duvall. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. a year and a half ago, and uh, well, just a full year ago, he was doing great for the Braves. This year, he was, it was just a lost year due to a wrist injury, so not necessarily a career ender. Um, now 34, but we get we grew to appreciate him, you know, for his defense, surprisingly good defense, obviously a good run producer when he's healthy. Uh, I'm not going to quit on Duval. I think he still has uh, something left in the tank, and Marlins, even though it's a very brief time, did a solid job when he was with the team doing what he does well. And there it is. Yankees beat the Guardians playing tomorrow against Houston. At shortstop, Kiner Falefa. The flip to Torres. And the Yankees move on and look at Torres mocking Naylor. And the Guardians, although perhaps it's only Naylor who deserves the mockery, mimicking that rock the baby motion. And as you said, it's a celebration, but a subdued one. The Yankees have done what they were expected to do. Yes, our um, final four set with the Yankees, Astros, Phillies, and Padres. You know, by the time 
the NLCS is about to get started right after we finish recording this. Oh, it's so oh. yeah. Maybe, no uh, so I'll finally have to. I don't have to, but I guess I'll pick a reliever finally with uh, Yimmy Garcia. He's still oh. around. And during his brief time with the Marlins, he was, he was awesome in a tiny sample. Well, no, the first year in 2020, I should say, during that season, he was great. And he's um, still been pretty reliable for the Blue Jays. He's a good power pitcher. He's a little vulnerable okay. to home runs when he keeps the ball in the ballpark. Then he's, um, he's somebody you like in middle relief. This is must be the Seven. eighth round. Eighth round, yeah. Oh, Thing like, what's Roselle Herrera doing? What's Roselle Herrera up to these days? Right <laughs> <now>? <laughs> I'm going to go with you know a very important person in Marlins history. He's the longest tenured Marlin for a long time, for a while. Pitched a couple opening days in a row. Jose Urania. Oh, he was, nice. he was a very relevant person in all of our lives. Was there with Jose in 2016. Pitched throughout the rebuild, opening day 2018, opening day 2019, and he was a good guy. You got to show him some love here. Oh, no. I want to go with this guy because he did play this year. Uh, he's a cool guy, too. And I need position players. So, Lewis Brinson, let's do it. Sweet Lou. Played with the Giants. He was all right. And uh, unfortunately, was not that good with the Marlins, but he did show some signs of good defense. And uh, and then we will go with um, I'll go with Jorge Alfaro, designated hit, um, walk-off guy for the Padres right now and somehow still hasn't played in the playoffs. Austin Nola's been really good, and I don't think there's a need to put Jorge Alfaro when Austin Nola's on that kind of run. So we'll go with Alfaro, who walked off the Marlins this year on top of that. So. Makes it feel nicer. I'm going to go with Derek Dietrich. Left-handed power bat. He played in the majors this year? Doesn't have to play in the majors as long as he's still playing professionally. He, he oh. didn't make it to the majors. He was stuck in the Yankees system okay. for yeah. most of this year. They even had him at double A for a portion he's in of double the season. A, yeah. <laughs> I was going to go with Rob Brantley. <laughs> but I figured I like Dietrich. All right, so we have both of your teams complete. Jorge Alfaro going in the ninth round to uh, oh, Ken's team. team Eric Dietrich going to Isaac's team. I'm going way off the grid with somebody that I'm sure did not even come to mind for either of you guys. He wasn't much of a player for the Marlins in 2018. He was in their bullpen, Drew Rusinski. And you oh. haven't heard, thought of him recently because he hasn't been in the U.S., since then, he went to <laughs> Korea, and he's become one of the very best pitchers in the KBO, the Korean Baseball Organization. Four years, he he's, hasn't missed a start. He like leads the league in innings pitched every single year for them. Uh, he got an opportunity to do it. He, no major league team was going to give him that much responsibility, and he has absolutely flourished, especially this past year. You can find the stats. This past year, like his control was unreal. He only walked... 34 batters in 194 innings. Wow. He had a wow. sub three ERA every year, a 305 ERA in 2019, a 305 again in 2020, a 317 in 2021, and now a 297 this year in 2022 while being a starting pitcher, while pitching more innings than anybody either. So I did not see that coming at all. Like, he did not occur to me as a player that they would regret 
play and get away. And I don't think anybody regrets anything because you didn't, he's not hurting them head to head. He's right. making good money from himself relative to what he'd get as like a quad a player in the U S drew Rusinski tall. Well, not actually that tall a right-hander who very briefly was with the Marlins. And now he's had a last dang power with the NC dinos in the KBO. He's going to be my final pick. I'd rather have him than any of these other fringy relievers or any of these. Who did we leave off? Trevor Richards, really? Yeah. Oh, Tre- yeah. Trevor Richards was on my list. Who was on my list? I wasn't picking. It was Trevor Richards, Dylan uh, Andrew Bellotti, who was in the Phillies bullpen. He only pitched like two <laughs> games with the Marlins. He would have been Hand. eligible. Brian, um, Harlan Garcia. Harlan the Marlins. Oh, Harlan. Justin Nicolino. Anibal. Yeah. So this was just. Oh, wait, wait. Oh, no. There was, you know what? Let me look at this to make sure. I think there was one guy that I definitely should have picked, and that would be Brad Hand. Yeah, oh, Brad Hand. On the oh, barely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. none of us picked Brad Hand. That was, yeah. Chad Wallace. I wanted to get Rusinski in here, but to be honest, yeah, I didn't want to stop somebody that was still like a real impact guy in the big leagues. So those are some of the guys we snubbed. We subbed Marcelo Zuna for Oh, my God, don't reasons. Zuna. Good. No, I should have picked him. I, I thought you, you could have picked him um, instead of yeah. a random reliever, but <laughs> he, his stock is way down. It's now back yeah. to back years where he's had trouble on the field and off the field. So, not sure what you're getting from him moving forward. No one picked up Zach Thompson, I guess. That was the name you guys cared about. JT yeah. Riddle. Riddle. Jesus Tanguera, Sierra, Isan Diaz, Jose Quijada. He's pitching meaningful. He pitched pretty well. Yeah, that's that's why I put him up there. Yeah. So for people on YouTube, you can see all the draft picks on the bottom, all 27 picks from from us in this nine round. I will put into a graphic that to be shared on social as well. For people to pick which team they think is the best out of these ones. Oh, you know what? Eddie Alvarez, the Olympian, he would have been eligible for this. Um, Did he make it back to the majors with the Dodgers this year? Just a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I like my team a lot. How many got Stanton and Yelich? Yeah. Mine's mine's all right. I got the Goat Herald. Uranian Dietrich. I like my squad, man. Alrighty. So before we wrap it up with that now the ALCS and NLCS locked in. What are your who do you think moves on on each side and what's the World Series looking like? Isaac goes first. I think the Phillies are that team. I think the Phillies are gonna bear. I think this game, this series goes six, seven games, and I think the Phillies end up on top. You know, the Padres are probably the better team, but I think the Phillies win this game. And on the other side, I think the Astros go back, and I think it'll be Astros Phillies. Eli, I am inclined to. I think I gotta agree with you on that. Yeah, with Astros Phillies, and as somebody that has a lot of New York ties, it would. It'd be very frustrating to my inner circle to have the Yankees lose to the Philly, lose to the Astros in the ALCS for the third time in six years. This is the third time in six years yeah. that they're meeting uh-huh. here. And I mean, that's great for baseball to just have a rivalry like that, even outside of their division. And um, I think that, so what, as I mentioned up top, I think it's just a really satisfying final four where on the AL side, you have the two teams that I felt were definitely the two best teams in that league this year. And on the NL side, you have teams that have a lot of star power and could just be the start of extended like streaks of going deep into the playoffs. It's a fun intersection of that's going to happen. 
my picks would be, yeah, on the American League side, the Astros, and on the National League side, the Phillies. Um, number of games. I'll, I'll say the Astros and Yankees goes a full seven, and that the Phillies get it done in five. Oh. So this is best out of four. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to agree with you guys. Phillies, Phillies, Astros. Astros are just way too good, man. Th- their pitching is incredible. You have Jordan, who's going to be in Yankee Stadium. That's going to be just He's going to be mashing homers. And then finally, Phillies, I like their pitching a little bit more. You have Wheeler and Nola. That one-two punch is maybe the best in the NL. And then their offense, if it gets hot at the right time, they're they're going to win it. So let's go. I think Phillies, that, that series will go in seven, and then Astros will win in six. So and that's where we will end it. Eli has fishology later tonight with mm-hmm. Adam and um, Daniel. So whenever that drops, go check it out after watching this. And um, – We'll be back in two weeks, most likely. I assume that'll be after the World Series, I think. So from Isaac, from Eli, myself, we'll see you guys all in two weeks. Peace out and go fish. We got to end it off right.